If you could find your places. This morning. So the service this morning, as you can see, is going to be a little different. We're just going to dive right in. Not, no opening song and so forth, because we're going to do plenty of singing uh, this morning, Christmas carols. So I want to go ahead and get started. Uh, but before I do, I just want to encourage uh, all of the volunteers to take your time. Uh, this, I know we're a hardworking church, mission-oriented, but this is an act of worship. So as you bring your gifts forward, the decorations, just take your time as we worship the Lord. And um, this is, I think I have written down here, our fourth annual, believe it or not. I hope I'm right. I look back at my notes. So we've done this particular service four times uh, as our Sunday morning service. It used to be a special evening service where we decorated the church and worshiped the Lord. But services such as this where it's hands-on worship kind of service, it's a very powerful teaching tool as you see this sanctuary transformed. And it, it teaches us to worship the Lord. And it's something that the church has done for generations and generations, these kinds of worship services. So today we want to join in the rich history of our Christian faith. So the occasion involves the community of believers joyfully decorating the sanctuary as we sing our praises to God. And in doing so, uh, we strengthen our hearts as we celebrate the birth of of Christ. Can you believe Christmas is here again? So I know some of you are thinking about gifts for Pastor Paul, for Dad. So it's through Christ that we fellowship with our Heavenly Father, as you know, and we invite everybody this morning uh, just to joyfully sing and to joyfully celebrate what God has done in Christ for us. So let's enter into worship with a sincerity of heart that we may leave knowing that we have been not just in fellowship with one another, but that we would leave knowing that we have been in the presence of Almighty God. So please stand.
stand. You may be seated. You probably know by now that you do need a songbook, and hopefully they're on a chair close by. Reading out of the book of Isaiah, chapter 11, the first three verses. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and power. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. The prophet Isaiah chapter 9 verses 6 through 7. For to us... A child is born. To us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Poinsettias. The poinsettia originally comes from Mexico and is the most popular floral display of the Christmas season due to its red and green foliage. In North America, it's known as the Christmas flower. And the star-like leaf pattern was said to resemble the star of Bethlehem, the Christmas star. The red color is to symbolize the blood of Jesus Christ and his crucifixion on the cross. So we're going to bring the poinsettias and you may remain uh, seated as we sing these songs.
Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And all went to be taxed, every one to his own city. And Joseph also went from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was. While they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. We hear a lot about the nativity during the Christmas season. And the word nativity is taken from the Latin word nativus, which means arisen by birth. It was St. Francis of Assisi that created the very first nativity scene in the year 1223 in an effort to promote the true meaning of Christmas and worshiping of Christ. Now, the most important thing about a nativity is its message to the world. Because our sin requires a perfect sacrifice before a holy and just God. Our Heavenly Father sent His own Son to earth as a man so that He could become that sacrifice. The child who was born to Mary and laid in that manger would one day grow to die on a cross and rise again. So every, each and every person who believes in Him may receive forgiveness for sin and eternity in heaven. Again, you can remain seated as we continue to worship the Lord in song and decorate the church. Oh! 
Well done. In your bulletin, there is a responsive reading. If you could locate that and please stand. Evergreens, the ancient symbol of God's eternity and everlasting love for us, even after his death. The wreath, round, with no beginning or end, symbolizes the victory and glory of the fulfillment of Scripture in the coming of Christ and the gift of the Holy Spirit. We praise to God, the Holy Spirit. The holly is a symbol of the crown of thorns to be worn by Christ, with its red berries representing his drops of blood. We give praise to God the Son. We praise God in three. Praise be to God. Amen. You may be seated.
The Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were very afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this this sign shall be... This shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. John chapter 8 verse 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Matthew 5.16 In the same way, let your light shine before all men, that they might see your good deeds. And glorify your Father in heaven. Mark 16 and 15. And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Let's sing verses 1, 2, and I'm sorry. Yeah, 1, 2, and 4. Go tell it on the mountain. Oh, 
the evergreens, and the candles are in place. Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you, participants, and everybody can take their seats if they have not yet taken them. As we continue to worship the Lord, and now transition from decorating the church to preparing our hearts through Advent, where we we prepare our hearts for the coming of the Lord. The Advent wreath here before me is also a Christian tradition that symbolizes the passage of the four weeks of Advent in the Western Church where we anticipate the coming of the newborn king of which we just sang. And each week we will light a candle and have a testimony in the eagerness of celebrating the Christ child. And Miss Pat will come and introduce this year's Advent theme. And then we'll hear testimony, the lighting of a candle, and then the worship team will close us in the song uh, that represents the theme for this year's Advent. Got to take a breath. Um, Well, as Paula said, today is the first Sunday of Advent. It is not only a time of anticipation and excitement, But it's a time to remember. We remember and celebrate the coming of Jesus into the world and the anticipation of his second coming. New Covenant Fellowship and most of Southside Virginia and many homes celebrate with an Advent wreath. The wreath is made up of a circle of evergreen branches laid flat to symbolize eternal life. The four candles stand in the circle The purple is the traditional color of Lent and symbolizes a time of repentance and fasting. Purple is also a color for royalty, symbolizing Christ's resurrection and sovereignty. Pink is a lessening of repentance and the beginning of a time of celebration. Each candle represents one of the four Sundays of Advent. The white candle is the Christ candle that will be lit at the end of the service on December 20th. This year's theme comes from Pastor Paul's sermon on November the 8th. Set your eyes on him. Our hymn for the season is He is Sovereign Over Us. Pastor Paul in his sermon said when he recognized, when he received Jesus, It was as if someone had given him a new set of eyes, a new set of glasses to see things clearer. I don't know about you, but as for me, the Lord had given me this year, 2020, as a gift. A gift to see him clearer, to see him as he really is. Beginning today, for the next four Sundays, Leading up to Christmas, you will hear from a mom with young children, a school teacher, a postal worker, and a teenager. 
they will all share testimonies of how the circumstances of this year have allowed them to see the Lord in a clearer way. They have each chosen the name of their candle that they will light. I encourage you, each and every one of you, this Advent season to take time to be still and to consider how you have been blessed by seeing through your 2020 eyesight into a deeper understanding of your Lord and Savior. Enjoy this Christmas season. Yeah, you may have to reinvent your normal celebration, but please remember, may all of us remember, and may it be written upon It was not a baby in a manger that saved us. It was not a baby that reconciled us to God. But the death of a I'm sorry. But the death of a man who came to save his people. Only the message that offends the world will save the world. One of the many definitions of adore is to worship with profound reverence. I pray that we will take the time this season to adore Christ Jesus our Lord. So the candle that I just lit is the faithful candle. Um, <laughs> hi, Noah. Um, honestly, when Miss Pat asked me to do this, I didn't think about it. I didn't pray about it. I just said yes because I've been around long enough to know that if Miss Pat asks you to do something, you just do it. <laughs> um, honestly, it was kind of a struggle to decide what to say today because there's just so much that I wanted to say. Um, a lot has been going on in my life. God has been doing a lot of work in my heart for the last few years. Um, so the theme is, how have I seen God clearer in 2020? And they say, hindsight is 2020. So I see God clearest, and I see his faithfulness to me clearest when I look back. At some of the things that have happened and how that has culminated into some pretty big things for me this year. Um, I also see that God is pretty patient because um, it has taken a long time to get some of this stuff across to me. Um, and he hasn't, he hasn't given up yet. So God has been practical. I mean, God has been faithful in some really practical ways for us this year. Um, he's been faithful to provide for me when I didn't know that I needed his provision. Um, you can't talk about 2020 without talking about COVID. Um, and when I look back at all of the events that happened in our life in the last couple of years, I see that God was preparing us for this time. Um, we had a new house. I quit my job. I started babysitting. I was staying at home with my kids. Um, I was homeschooling them. So when COVID came along and everything was shut down and everybody seemed like they were just going crazy, our life didn't really change that much. 
Um, and that was a blessing for me because I don't know if y'all know me very well, but I would have been going crazy. <laughs> I would have been trying to figure all that stuff out and it would have just tore my nerves up. Um, and it was a perspective change that I needed at a time when I was really struggling with my new role. Um, and I don't think that COVID was the only reason for the big change in our circumstances, but I'm just thankful that God saw fit to set all of that in place at that time to provide for us. Um, the other thing that I have seen, God is faithful to pursue me, um, even when I'm not necessarily seeking him. Um, I don't know about you, but I tend to go on autopilot. Everything's okay. There's nothing huge, bad. There's nothing really awesome. It's just kind of normal. And so I just neglect to do the things that I need to do to stay close to him. But he never neglects to come after me, to pull me back in, to make sure that I am staying on track with him. Um, and he's always putting things in my life to draw me to him. Little things, big things. Unfortunately, it's usually big, difficult things <laughs> um, that it takes for me to to turn to seek him. Um, and I've been reading this um, devotional by Paul David Tripp. And one of the things recently that I read that really stuck out to me, I'm going to share with y'all. It says, he is employing the difficulties of life as tools of grace to produce character in you that would not grow any other way. And what should your response be? James says, remain steadfast under trial. Don't become discouraged and give up. Don't listen to the eyes of the enemy or the lies of the enemy. Don't forsake your good habits of faith. Don't question God's goodness. Look at your trials and see grace. Behind those difficulties is an ever-present redeemer who is completing his work. And that, to me, is just kind of mind-blowing that that God knows me well enough to know the exact difficulty that's going to produce in me what he wants to produce. That he knows exactly what to do to, to draw me to him. And he is faithful to do that for me. And so it makes it easier for me to trust him in the middle of these trials because I know that he is using it to draw me to him. The biggest way that God has shown himself to me this year is through my journey with anxiety and depression. It's weird for me to even say that to y'all. Like the anxiety I get. Anybody that knows me knows that I am, <laughs> I am wound up. I'm high strung. But depressed, that was not something that I would have ever thought would be a part of my life. Um, again, hindsight is 2020. And I think this is something that started a few years ago. So when we um, decided that we were going to sell our house and we were going to get this double lot and put it up on our, our property, and it was just a long, stressful process. Um, and there was a lot of uncertainty, and it went on for a long time. And that was when I had my first panic attack. And I thought, okay, after we move, this will get better. But then we moved, and it didn't get better. Um, and then, very quickly after we moved, I quit my job. I decided that I was going to stay home with my kids and babysit other people's kids and homeschool. And so I thought, okay, after we get past that transition, then I'll calm down. But I didn't. <laughs> it just got worse. Um, I was angry. I was sad. I was overwhelmed. 
I was resentful and for no good reason. I never could pinpoint what was wrong, what had happened. So this summer, I just kind of imploded. I started going to counseling. I saw a doctor. I got medication. But mostly, I just wanted to know, what is my problem? Why can't I deal with my life? I have everything that I've been wanting. I have the house that I want. I'm staying at home. Thank you. <laughs> um, I'm homeschooling my kids. You know, these are all things that I have prayed for and asked for. I love Jesus. I know Jesus. I've been closer to him than I ever have in my life. What is the deal? Why can I not handle my life? Um, but the bottom line was God was using this to pursue me. He was still being faithful to draw me to him. Um, and he has used that to weed out so many things and to cause me to lean on him. He's still showing himself faithful in his pursuit of me. Um, the good news is that he's also faithful to lead me out. He doesn't just drag me into this mess and leave me there. Like, here's your panic room. Figure it out on your own. Um, he is revealing so many things to me. Um, like grace. The concept of not being able to do anything, good or bad. Like, I'm a performance person. And so that has been something that's been really hard for me to wrap my head around. Um, there's also been some really fun stuff like forgiveness, um, overcoming perfectionism, letting go of people-pleasing. Um, but he's been showing me where my priorities should be. He's been working in my marriage. He's been working in my friendships. He is stripping away unnecessary things and helping me to pinpoint where my focus should be. It's not necessarily pleasant, but it is necessary. I know that it is his goodness. It is his pursuit of me, and it is his faithfulness to me to not leave me where I am. And I don't have any really pretty way to wrap it up because <laughs> I'm still in the middle of it. It's still an ongoing thing, but I trust that God is, is using it to bring me closer to him.